Welcome to another edition of Intentional Conversations. On Intentional Conversations, we seek to interview leaders and men's ministries to help men grow spiritually and help leaders and pastors to reach men into today's culture. Discussing issues men face every day. It is a program where a men's minister leader interviews leaders in men's ministry. Hi, I'm Mike Sandlin, your host, and I thank you for joining us today. One of the uh, purposes I do these podcasts for is to help men's leaders recognize the available resources as they engage the men of their church and community. When I began working in men's ministry 20 years ago as a local church leader, I struggled to develop a ministry that would speak into men's lives. Then someone told me about Robert Lewis's The Quest for Authentic Manhood. And over the years, as this study about manhood began making inroads into men's lives, another series was developed called 33 The Series. And we're going to spend some time in this episode talking about the 33 series and others is coming out as, we, as a result of the 33 series. I'm pleased to have as my guest today uh, uh, one of the hosts of the 33 the series that you see each time you play the video, Terrence Green. Now, Terrence is a speaker, a writer, a discipleship consultant. He leads over a thousand men each week called The Quest in the Woodlands of uh, Texas. He is the creative and present presentation team of the 33 series for Authentic Manhood, and you would be interested to know that 33 has reached over a million men around the world. Well, welcome, Terrence. I appreciate you being on the program today. Thank you so much, Mike. It's uh, it's a privilege uh, to be here. Oh, it's good to have you here, man. I've watched you on that video series so many times. I think I think I. I almost know you, but I know I don't really know you, but you you have shared so much uh, through those years of me watching the videos, and I appreciate you doing that. It's, it's been a, a, an honor. But before we really get into the meat of our discussion today, you know, I, I have a couple of questions I always like to ask all my guests, and uh, and I'm going to punch those to you if it's okay, yep. and, uh, and I'll let you uh, share with our listening audience uh, uh, how you may answer these things. So what is your favorite verse, ben Terrence? What is your your life verse or or maybe a verse that you hang your hat on in ministry or whatever the case may be? What is that what, what is that verse and why is that verse so meaningful to you? Well, uh, I kind of go in seasons. And so right now in this season of life, it's Colossians 2, 6 and 7. It says, just as you receive Christ, uh, Jesus is Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Uh, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. And one of the reasons that's especially meaningful for me today is I'm in the winter season of life. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I don't really think in terms of retirement. I always think of being strategically positioned for the next season. Yeah, so yeah. in this season of life, I'm learning that school is still in session for me. And as much as I think I might know about God and Jesus and the Bible, Man, I've got a lot to learn about being the man he designed me to be, a husband, a dad, uh, and just really just a follower of Jesus. Uh, and so I believe as long as we have breath in our body, we'll all, always have the opportunity to to learn. And so uh, and just as I receive Christ by grace through faith, now I want to continue to live in him and be, you know, send my roots deeper and be strengthened in the faith, et cetera, et cetera. Uh I agree with that. Obviously, and you know, I'm in my winter seasons of life too. But you know, I know God's still got a plan, and that, and that's uh, that is so true. I, I uh, try to share that so much with our with our guys that's in the same season of life. That you still breathing? God's got a plan. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, but anyway, well, Charles, tell tell us um, when did you come to Christ, and what's that story all about? Uh, yeah. 
So uh, uh, I kind of grew up in church, if you understand what that means, you know, when I was a little boy, my mom, I grew up with a single mom, but she put her faith in Jesus about a year before my dad died. And so church was uh, being around, you know, uh, God's people and uh, hearing the Bible taught was was really important to her. And so I just kind of, you know, was was pulled into that and was very active in church, all the vacation Bible schools. Uh, I'm an old uh, rock and roller, and so I was playing guitar in church, even writing Christian songs because I knew enough about God and Jesus and the Bible to do that. But uh, I had only gone through the motions. I got baptized when I was about 12 because my cousin got baptized, mm-hmm. but not because I'd put my faith in Jesus. It was, it was just a lot of knowledge, knowing about God, being in church, but not really following Jesus. Uh, after the, uh, the end of my freshman year of college, uh, I had a summer job in Nashville, uh, and uh, in the music industry and God crossed my path with some true believers who just really showed me what it really meant to follow Jesus. And the thing that was compelling to me was this, uh, they, they didn't have a lot of, uh, Christian ease in their, in their vocabulary. Uh, they, they weren't perfect cause none of us are. Right. They just genuinely loved God and loved others. And it was through those relationships that at uh, the end of that summer, I put my faith in Jesus. Uh, how about that? How about that? that, that that's a great, great word there. Thank you for sharing that so much. You know, the reason why I ask that is that every man has a story in itself. Yeah. And, and it's interesting for other men to hear uh, our walk into, uh, into our relationship with Christ and understand that their story may not really may may be very similar to what our story is mm-hmm. in some ways. And so I appreciate yeah. you sharing that. Well, let's talk a little bit about ministering to men and, and thanks. That's the reason why we're really here. But let me ask you this question, because I know you've talked to a lot of men. You have, uh, you have spoken to a lot of men in, in various uh, venues, especially uh, putting the video series together. Let me ask you the big question. What do you think is one of the issues or the biggest issues men face today? Uh, I think one of the things that I've seen actually for a long time, but even even more so today, uh, as men, we need somebody that we can trust, somebody that we can talk to, Mm -hmm. uh, someone that we know will not judge us and condemn us, but we have the freedom to crack open our chest and share the deep thoughts in our heart. Uh, a lot of us, myself included, we tend to kind of play our cards close to the vest and we're afraid to tell another man what we're thinking uh, for a variety of reasons. We're thinking, man, if I reveal to you my innermost thoughts and fears and frustrations, what are you going to think about me? Right. Uh, right. A lot of times as Christian men, we think, wow, I must not really be a follower of Jesus if I'm having these thoughts. And that's not right. true at all. And so I think a man most men that I encounter don't really have those kind of trustworthy friendships where they can be transparent with another man. Yeah, I agree. You know, the, the interesting thing, and I, and I went through that same thing for many years of my own life, is that mm-hmm. uh, when you run through particular struggles or particular thoughts, you think you're the only one that, that that's going through that or having those kind of thoughts, and you, and you question, what's wrong with me? That's true. And you know, the Bible says the opposite. It says there's no temptation that's uh, overtaking you except what is common to man. Right. And so uh, Stu Weber, uh, the author of Tender Warrior, a former army ranger, said that everything that's killing you is in the chest 
of every man you know. On some level, it is. And my, I think my favorite quote that really uh, clarifies this is something C.S. Lewis said. He said, true friendship begins when one person says to another one, what? You too? I thought I was <laughs> the only one. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. You know, That's so true. Sometimes, sometimes we get a... a uh, eye awakening uh, scenario sometimes when we hear people tell our stories and, right. and realize that, hey, I'm not the only one dealing with that. So that's good. Let's talk about Third Three Series. Mm -hmm. How did that all come about? It's been around for years now, but how did that come about? Yeah. Uh, so volume, we started uh, creating volume one back in 2011-ish, I think. Uh, prior to that, uh, there was this incredible content that went around the world called Men's Fraternity. Mm -hmm. That was actually the name of a seasonal gathering for a group of men in Little Rock, Arkansas right. at Fellowship Bible Church. Robert Lewis uh, was the directional pastor there. They had a team teaching approach. There were four teaching pastors, but Robert was the directional pastor. Yeah. Uh, his men came to him one day and said, you know, uh, Hey, we need something for us as men so we can learn how to be the men God designed us to be. And God, uh, uh, Robert, uh, did what a lot of us pastors do. He created a Bible study for the guys to come to, you know, just a normal Bible study. And at the end of it, you know, they had 30 guys maybe go through it. Robert said, hey, guys, is that what you needed? And they went, no, that ain't it. <laughs> he said, well, what do you want? And they said, well, don't get us wrong. We love studying the Bible, but we want to know specifically how the principles of the Bible apply to us as men. And we want to know how we can put them into practice today in this century. And so he went back to the drawing board and he began to sketch out something called the quest for authentic manhood. Mm -hmm. And just on that promise alone, they were going to study God's principles for manhood and you're going to learn how to apply them. They had 300 men show up. Then the next year, 600 men. And then in the years after that, about a thousand men were meeting weekly at 6.15 a.m. in Little Rock, Arkansas. And then that began to go around the world. But here, here's what happened. That content impacted me. And I know that's part of your story. Uh, and uh, and so, uh, uh, you know, when I came to the Woodlands uh, at a very large church with thousands of people coming, but we were only reaching a handful of men, uh, I taught the quest for authentic manhood to these guys. And again, we had tremendous response, you know, 750 guys the first year, then a thousand guys to the following six years. It was amazing. But when Robert created it, he, he created this content to kind of fill up the calendar year. OK, so starting in the fall, he wanted to keep his guys coming to something for 12 weeks in that, that fall semester. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in church world, you kind of take the holidays off because of right, all the Christmas right. stuff. And then you, you finish it up. He started with 12 more weeks in the spring, starting in January. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But I discovered that we were keeping our guys so busy coming to a study. We were kind of undermining our challenge to get involved in the church and the community. We were kind of monopolizing their time. And so I felt a need, as many other guys did, to create something uh, to allow guys to, to huddle up for shorter bursts, you know, like six weeks. And so right. we took men's fraternity and uh, we began to reformat it, repackage it. We trimmed the sessions down from 55 minutes plus 
to a 30 minute max teaching session and six sessions, six volumes. And, uh, and so that, that, that allowed us 33 allowed us to challenge men to huddle up for six weeks and then run the play, you know, rather than let's meet every week till Jesus comes and just kind of study the Bible. You know, it was like, let's learn what the Bible says and we're going to create space for you to apply. Does that, that make sense? Absolutely. It makes sense. I, Cause I know when we first started doing the quest for standing manhood in my local church, um, mm-hmm back in 2009, 2010, somewhere along there, that, um, yeah, that, those, those, that's a long stretch in there. And we had some men that were very dedicated to that. And they, they came every week. They came faithfully every week. Oh, yeah. And, and a uh, lot of guys, a lot of guys will, and that does meet a need. I'm always thinking about how do we reach the guys on the fringes right. who may be nominal in their faith? Right. Or how do we reach the guys who know they need help being men but they they're not even followers of Jesus. Yeah. And so to 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 offer a 24 week bible study to those guys that's just not going to happen. Yeah. And so uh, in our culture today in the 21st century, you know, uh, having something that is the content is not compromised, I mean it's compressed in a shorter amount of time. Right. And then you build into that an opportunity for guys to apply it. To me that that's that's the winning formula. Well, that six weeks period, that's that's kind of a a good medium, so to speak, of guys' attention span, if you want to say it in a way, because they'll, they'll commit to that six weeks, you know, get, get beyond mm-hmm. that. They, they it, It's a little bit hard for them to do that. And and I know mm-hmm. one of the things I started doing um, uh, several years ago was when I want to get men to come to a particular event that I know is going to be lasting several weeks, I would, I would encourage them to say, hey, how about committing four weeks to me? Commit four weeks, and mm-hmm. then if you uh, don't think it's worth you, you can leave, and I won't say a word to you. I've not had oh, yeah. a guy leave yet. Had not had a guy leave yet. You know. Yeah, I just, I just finished teaching volumes one in one location here in the Woodlands and volume two in another one, I, I taught it live instead of the videos. So it was like, right. tier- well, you can do that. You can do well, that. <laughs> it's it, it, it tears in 3d, you know, so I was there, but what, what I noticed is uh, in that short six weeks uh, and creating the opportunity, the end of the teaching for guys to, to discuss and, and uh, really, you know, help each other apply it, man, we finished with the same number of guys we started with. And well, that's that. highly unusual. Oh you know? man. And so I remember when I first uh, told our church we were going to pare things down from 12 weeks in the fall to six. Our lead pastor said, what are you going to do with the rest of the time? And I said, well, we're going to give guys some next steps to engage in the church. Our church was really big on small group communities. We needed more of them. So I challenged guys, hey, maybe God is leading you to start a small group, either yourself with men or maybe you and your wife with, you know, couples. And so that that's your first opportunity. The second one was we had a lot of new believers uh, from from the th- uh, our men's gatherings. So I had a stable of disciple makers ready to go. And I, I said this, I said, hey, maybe you just put your faith in Jesus or you've just come alive to the call to, to disciple making and you might need a personal spiritual trainer. Okay. That's what I call them. I didn't say you need a discipler. I said, maybe you need a personal spiritual trainer. So I said, so sign this list. Somebody will be in touch and teach you how to study the Bible, share your faith, how to pray, etc. Uh, and then the third one, uh, next step was 
uh, our church was big and local and global missions. So I said, here's a calendar of info meetings for what we're doing in the community and around the world. And maybe you want to invest eternally in one of these things. And so that began our strategy of huddling up for six. And then toward the end of those six, I would give them three next steps and either start a small group, get involved in one-on-one disciple making, or engage in a local or global ministry. Amen. Do you find when men um, go through this these series, um, six-week series, they have a greater desire to get out and take those next steps? A, lo- a lot of guys do. They just don't know what they are. And so we have to, we have to, uh, it, it, we're not, we're not dumbing it down. We just need to think like, think like an outsider or think like a newbie and say, okay, how can we clarify for them what your next steps are? So a lot of guys will get pumped up, but they don't want to do with that. So you just need to say, well, Hey, here, here are three things you can do. You know, uh, that, that's one of the, uh, the downsides uh, uh, to you know, the men's gatherings like Promise Keepers and such. Man, it's a great experience to come and get pumped up and inspired. And you see hundreds of men, you know, learning and worshiping Jesus. A lot of those guys are inspired. They go back to the local church. They don't know what to do with it. You know, the, the, their best attempt is to meet in Wednesday morning for prayer or Bible study, and you'll start with maybe 10 guys, and then now you've got the faithful three, you know, who are left. And so if you can really break it down and say, you know, here are some practical next steps that you can do. You know, we're men are action figures, and so we right. need to create right. some action plans right. for men to follow. Well, you know, that's interesting, because a lot of times when when I get, when I talk to uh, men's ministry leaders and pastors and so forth. Uh, we tend to think of men's ministry as that Saturday morning breakfast mm-hmm. and don't think about it as a, an opportunity to speak into other men's lives or to help men to really put their hands and feet to work for Jesus. Yeah. And in fact, I had a statement made up to me the other day, which kind of caught me off guard. I wasn't even, I wasn't even prepared for it, really, to be honest with you. But somebody looked at me and says, we're not worried about men's ministry in our church because men's ministry uh, does not meet the needs of the people. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay. you know, that that kind of told me that you don't fully understand what men's ministry is all about. And, right. and, and so, yeah. And so that's one of the things I've learned is that as you pour into men's lives, they begin to want to meet the needs of other people through various next right. steps. So, yeah. So. Yeah. I think we, we have to model it for them. We have to show them what it looks like, you know, and you can do that in a number of ways. You know, you can just put the spotlight on things other men are doing. Uh, you can tell stories, you know, man, use technology, use video, post it, share it, show yeah. it. And, and another man will hear the story of what one guy's doing and he'll think, wow, I never thought about that. And then, you know, God will inspire him to create something. I, I remember um, af- after we've been doing, uh, we called our local gathering here in the Woodlands, we called it The Quest. You guys like that name. And so you got hundreds of guys coming and I'm standing on the stage and any pastor would love to look out and see a sea of men. And a lot of times we, we that's how we uh, evaluate success is how many butts are in the seats, you know, and, uh, but I always wanted it to be more than just, you know, attendance based. And so I remember standing on the stage uh, uh, with all these guys. And I said, guys, I love seeing hundreds of you in the room. I mean, man, it warms my heart. It's inspiring to me, but I would rather see half as many of you in the room 
and hear about twice as many of you out in the community taking initiative and leading things on your own. Right. And so I begin to give some examples like, hey, why don't you just take some guys through what we just went through? I mean, you got the videos, you got a training guide, just the same thing we just went through, but you lead it. You huddle them up on your patio or uh, uh, in your favorite coffee shop or cigar shop or wherever, right. and you take initiative. And all of a sudden we begin to hear about these guys meeting in places like that all around the city. And, and yeah. I knew, okay, that's how you know you're, you're you know, the time in the room is working when it transcends the room. Amen, man. Let me ask you one thing while you're talking about that, taking taking guys outside what you've taught them that was in your group and they going out, taking that next step and, and sharing with others. Can this series be effectively used on a one-on-one situation and not oh, just absolutely. in a group situation? Absolutely. And that was another thing that we modeled for guys. We said, you know, hey, you know, you can do this with, a, you know, a group of six buddies, Mm-hmm. Uh, or you and another two, you know, or maybe a Paul Timothy thing to where uh, you go through this content together. Uh, usually if it's, if it's uh, one-on-one uh, I encourage the guys, okay, whoever you're taking through this, both of you agree to watch the 30 minute session and then come when you meet for coffee with your training guide. So you can devote your entire time together discussing and processing and coming up with uh, some strategic moves. Let's take a second here and just, uh, or a couple of minutes and just kind of break down what these six volumes are. Mm-hmm. Could you, could you do that with me? Let me throw them out to you each volume. And then you just give us a snippet of what that, what that volume kind of covers. Could we do that? Oh, okay. Yeah. So vi- volume one is a man and his design. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, as men, we need a clear, compelling definition of biblical manhood. And so that's kind of the centerpiece of volume one, a man and his design. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guys who've experienced, uh, whether it's men's fraternity or 33, man, you ought to know by now the definition of manhood is reject passivity, accept responsibility, lead courageously, invest eternally. And so that's the centerpiece of volume one. And that's a thread that runs through all the volumes. Volume two is a man and his story. A lot of times as men, we have unfinished business from our past. Could be because of a, a, you know, a a negative relationship with our our dad or mom. We talk about wounds, the father wound, the mother wound. We talk about the all alone wound. Uh, That was a big one for me. It's like, man, I've got this. I don't need anybody's help. We talk about the heart wound. And and the the key is in dealing with these wounds is this. It's not in how someone else responds, whether it's your dad or your mom or whoever, the key to healing is in us taking responsibility. Uh, for me, with my story, okay, my dad was a ghost when he was alive and he died when I was 10. And so, man, I, I grew up kind of angry in my teens and even my early 20s because of a dad who wasn't there. And so the way I dealt with that wound was to actually stand over his grave and kind of release him imagine that he struggled as a man himself. He did the best he could with a little knowledge that he had. And I just kind of released him. Now, I didn't get a response from my dad because he was dead. Right? And so the healing is not in somebody else's response because you may not get the response you want, but the healing is in us taking responsibility. So that's volume two, a man in his story. Volume three is a man and his traps. Uh, we're so busy sometimes just we keep mowing weeds on the surface. But if you really want to take care of all that stuff, you got to go beneath the surface and attack the roots. 
And in the man in his traps, we identify three deep root idols, uh, the deep root idols of comfort, control and significance. And a lot of the stuff we're dealing with on the surface, it's not really an anger problem. It's a control problem. You know? uh, it, it, it's not really a materialism problem. It's a significance problem. Okay. Yep. And so that's a man in his traps. Volume four is a man in his work. Work is not a curse. Uh, uh, God gave man a work to do before sin entered the picture. It's just that once sin entered the picture, now work is hard, you know, and we're, we're going to sweat. We're going to labor. and It's going to be hard. But work is a noble calling. And we give men just a, a God's blueprint for work in volume four. Volume five is a man in his marriage. And uh, volume six is a man and his fatherhood. Now, and the cool thing is all six of these stand alone. So you don't have to do one, then two, then three, then four. If there's an acute need and your, your men like say, man, men are troubling, are struggling with traps in their life. And, you know, the repeat offenders with sin. Hey, jump into a man in his traps. Uh, if there's some issues with marriage or parenting, you know, if you got some young guys and they're new dads, well, hey, jump into volume six, a man and his fatherhood. It, it'll all make sense. If you don't really have a clear direction, well, start with volume one and just kind of take it, in, you know, uh, in order. Yeah. And you just made something, you just made a comment, which I, uh, I, I tell people a lot of times when they're talking about using the 33 series, I'm, I'm glad you, you, you emphasize this, that they do each stand alone. You don't have to start at volume one and then work through volume six. If you want to start volume six first, you can do that. Yeah. And, and that works out great. Super. Well, let's move on a little bit. we got some other things we need to talk about here. What is, um? I know one of the things that you and I have talked a little bit about was Authentic Manhood Initiative. What's that hmm. all about? Okay. So um, I'm no longer a pastor at a church. Uh, for 25 years, uh, I was a speaker and uh, writer, you know, and then I was speaking at a church here in the woodlands. They in, invited me to join the staff. That's where all that stuff with all those hundreds of guys, you know, I experienced and learned from. Then I was part of a church plant for about five years. Well, three years ago, uh, I pushed away from the dock and got into a, a new boat called Authentic Manhood Initiative. It's a partnership with Authentic Manhood Global. So you'll see the same branding. The difference is with Authentic Manhood Initiative, I'm just making my full time available to anybody in the world to help train them and coach them on best practices. Because as good as 33 is, a lot of guys are, are not using the tool effectively. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I spend a lot of time having conversations like you and I right now about strategy. You know, one of the biggest things that I talk about with my in, in Authentic Manhood Initiative, I'm coaching guys and I'll say, so have you guys gone through 33? I said, oh, yeah, we did all six of them last year. And I went, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You did 36 sessions in one year? I said, oh, yeah, yeah. What else you got? And I went, wait a minute, time out. That's too much content yeah. in a short amount of time. Yeah. I said, let's talk strategy. OK, you got to create space for guys to process what they're learning. Right. And so the first conversations I have and with my authentic manhood initiative meetings, whether it's on Zoom or face to face is imagine if you just huddle them up for six weeks to learn and then you challenge them to take their strategic moves and continue meeting with the guys they've developed friendships with and learn to flesh out their plan, their action plan. What if you did that and then maybe huddle up again in the spring? So you got several months there where you're not having a formal gathering. 
and uh, rather than powering through all the content. So with Authentic Manhood Initiative, I'm coaching a lot of people on strategy. How do you take this great tool and use it effectively? Uh, and then I'm also coaching a lot of uh, prison ministry teams, uh, especially in Texas. We have 87 male facilities in Texas. And uh, 33 is, is, is on the list of approved uh, resources in Texas prison system. In fact, in Texas, there's a short list of content that, is, uh, that they try to push uh, inmates through who are on track for parole because they've right. identified them as highly valuable to prepare them to reenter. Okay? Right. And so 33 is on that list. And uh, so you got all these teams, these volunteers going in and uh, occasionally they'll invite me to go in with them, which is always cool. But really behind the scenes, I'm just coaching these guys. How do you take these tools, these videos? How do you personalize them uh, to to help these men behind bars apply it, you know, in their situation? Mm -hmm. uh, recovery centers also same thing. You know, how do you take this and implement this in your overall strategy? Wow, that's like how does how does one connect with you so you can coach them? Oh, uh, so uh, my email tears at tearscreen.com. That's it. Uh, tears at tearscreen.com. Just just drop you an email that I'd like to connect with you and absolutely and talk to you about strategizing and and helping me work through the process yeah. of ministering to men. That, that's that's it. Because that's you know. Yeah, we, we're pretty lean and mean here, so I don't have a whole lot of people, you know, that it, you'll have to go through. That'll pretty much come directly to me. Someone else may initially get it, but I, I, I typically see all the communication. But that, <laughs> that's super. That, that That's great. You know, I like those kinds of connections. You know, sometimes <laughs> when I make a connection, I'll usually end up talking to an admin assistant or something for yeah. several days or a week, weeks before I actually get to the person I want to talk to. Right. That's frustrating. And I appreciate yeah. you doing that. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. That's good. Good. You got a new thing coming out too. I think, uh, I don't know if it's connected with what you're doing now, but we were talking about a little bit about it before we uh, started, uh, started our program here, but it was called the essentials for life. Mm -hmm. What's that? Well, uh, so during uh, the pandemic, you know, when everything kind of shut down, right. all all the in-person speaking things I, that I was doing kind of disappeared. So yeah, suddenly I got a lot of time on the calendar. <laughs> yeah. All of the in-person gatherings that I was coaching guys to do and, you know, hosting, all those things disappeared. Yeah. And so it was a time to kind of, you know, say, okay, God, what, what do we do during this time? And so I'm, I'm Zooming with a lot of guys and that was good. But suddenly I had this time through praying and seeking God to come up with a long list of new content. And, and as I got into it, I realized, okay, this content really applies to the church as a whole, not just to men. Uh, but the way I write, and I know the way that I, I speak, you know, men will easily connect. So the first one is essentials for life. Uh, while doing 33, I would see a lot of men uh, who were new to the faith. You know, they would come to the gatherings uh, just because they realized they needed help being men. And then they'd realize, wow, the only way I can be the man God designed me to be is to have a relationship with God through Jesus. And so they're newbies. And then a lot of other guys would come to uh, uh, the realization that they weren't really disciples. They, you know, they needed to grow in their faith. And so that's what Essentials for Life is. It's the basics of our faith. It's for newbies, uh, rookies, and for veterans of the faith. 
Because remember, as long as we are alive, school is still in session. So it's an tr easily transferable tool to teach us how to build God's word into our life, communication with God. What is prayer and how do we pray? And what if you feel like your prayers aren't getting past the ceiling? How do we fix that? It talks about what it looks like to seek God with all your heart. We talk about community with believers and the importance of, you know, God designed us to grow in the context of community with others. Uh, we especially put the spotlight on these are these are imperfect communities. Right. Uh, a lot of people are, you know, don't want it's a, It's like, hey, I love Jesus. I just don't care for his bride, <laughs> you know, the church. And it's like, well, hey, man, <laughs> you're not going to find a perfect church because churches are made up of people like you, you know, and right. so. You know, community is being involved in an imperfect, you know, environment with others and growing. Uh, we talk about developing a life of generosity because, man, there's so much freedom in that. Uh, we talk about influence with others, how to be a friend of sinners and not isolate ourselves in church world. Uh, we talk about being a living sacrifice. And so there are eight sessions uh, and there are three essential relationships, devotion to God, community of believers, influence with others. And that's what we spend our time uh, talking about. How do I get into it? Well, uh, we're in post-production now. So all the video teaching uh, is, uh, is complete. Uh, that th those are each session is about 25 minutes right now, but I want to add some personal stories because we learned from 33. Those are the things that really, you know, connect with people. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so uh, before uh, I, I got on uh, this call with you, uh, I was trying to work out, hey, okay, we got a block of time coming up. Can you be there? And so it's like herding cats. You know, I've got about <laughs> 10 people I want to get in the room and capture their stories. Uh, and plus, our worship band at our church is writing some music of their own. And so the last session is a little shorter. And I want to have a short time of worship in there. So it's going to be teaching. Uh, uh, the videos, the, uh, the workbooks will be available. But here's the cool thing, Mike. I decided... Call me crazy, but we're going to give it away. Uh, so we have an app called Good Feed Media. Good Feed Media. Now, it, it's available now on the, uh, on the Apple Store and uh, also uh, Google Play. There's not a lot on there. But the first thing that will be on there in January, end of January, will be Essentials for Life. And so you'll go there and you'll click, you know, series. There, Essentials for Life will pop up in, uh, in the end of January. Each session on video, you can stream it for free. Each session will have a button you can push for notes, and that's the digital outline. So just wow. like you had a workbook in your hands, it'll be in your phone or on your iPad, and you'll have spaces in there you can record your thoughts, your strategic moves. Oh, how about that? That'll sync up with all your devices. And so we're going to put that out, out there, make it free. Uh, and people have an option to help us keep it free by paying it forward, right. but we're not going to. No one's obligated to pay anything, you know. So I could go out on, on one of the uh, app sites right now and just and just type in Good Feed Media and yeah. be able to load that up on my digital yeah. device and be able to get some some uh, some encouragement through through that right now. And then yeah, what, what's what's on? Yeah, what's on there that right now is just some placeholders. Uh, mm -hmm. I've learned a lot about apps to to for Apple to approve it and Google Play to approve it. You have to have the framework populated with something, yeah. and so I've just populated it with some of my, you know, uh, standalone messages and uh, a short, really mini series 
that that was on my YouTube site. But end of January will be the first full blown uh, quality produced series like 33, the quality of 33. And that will be essentials for life. And then we'll begin working on the next two, which will be life interrupted, how to find peace in the midst of trouble. Mm -hmm. The third one will be pendulum, the danger of overcorrecting. And so, uh, and then I've got a, a list of a bunch more. I'm just praying I can stay alive till Jesus comes and, and until uh, I think he's, he's, he's got these thoughts in your head. He's evidently got a plan for you to do and, and, and complete out. That, that's, that, that is super. And so for, for our listening audiences out there, I'd encourage you to go out there and do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go out there and, and, and search for that good feed media and go ahead and get that on my system and be able to uh, be ready for when Terrence gets the rest of that stuff out there in January, we can, we can hit uh, the road, so to speak, with our feet running and, uh, yep. and and start working through that and share that with other guys that you may contact. Men leaders, share that with your with your men in your group to help them out throughout the day. Uh, I know we've got men who cannot be with us every every week. They travel, they work, mm -hmm. they, they're in different places uh, all the time. And it's, that's a great way for us to be able to continue to minister to them. Thanks for that, doing that, Terrence. Uh, you're truly blessed. Well, Terrence, we are coming up on our time. We've been, we've been doing this for a while. And, and I know we can continue talking about 33 Series, the, the Authentic uh, Manhood Initiative and Essentials for Life. But I want to give you a few minutes just to speak into our listening audiences uh, right now. Anything that you may have um, that's on your heart that you would like to share with them to encourage them in the importance of one man pouring into another man's life or maybe even for them to search out their own evaluate their own life and, and things that they may need to, 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 uh, uh, to deal with. So. Right. Uh, so this year for me, 2021, uh, the first quarter, uh, man, it was one blow after another. Uh, my brother-in-law uh, battled cancer uh, and lost his final battle uh, this January. My sister had had a stroke about 10 years ago. And during the pandemic, she really began to just just go down uh, because of the lack of social interaction. When she lost her husband, we buried him the end of January. Uh, two months later, we buried my sister. In the midst of all that, a longtime friend uh, had a heart attack. Another friend lost his mom and a couple of nieces and a nephew in a house fire here in Texas. Mm. So one blow after another. What that has done is this. Uh, especially during the pandemic, if you look left or right, there are a lot of guys that are just bottling all this stuff up and they're, they're about to implode or explode. I mean, mm -hmm. you can feel it, you know, you can mm -hmm. see it in the news with just, just anger and just all kinds of just, just poison, just, just, just being spewed out over people. And so I, I, I want to challenge men just to kind of, you know, pray, God help me to pay attention to what's happening around me. Uh, help me to see people like Jesus. He looked at the crowds and he said they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And so pray that God will help you to kind of zero in on these harassed and helpless sheep, other men just like us. And then just begin to kind of take take a chance and, and share your heart. That's That primes the pump. That's a phrase we used growing up in Alabama. You got to prime the pump. And I've learned if I begin to say a little bit, maybe not a lot because I don't want to scare a guy, but just kind of say, man, I don't know about you, but I am just, I don't know where to turn. I am so frustrated, man. This stuff happened with my brother-in-law and my sister and my friend. 
and you get into a conversation and you try to help guys understand there aren't any quick cliche fixes to this. And we have the opportunity to not seek an answer to why life hurts, but we have an opportunity to seek Jesus because that's where the peace is. Jesus said, I've told you these things that in me, you might have peace. Now in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Too often we seek an answer to why life is hurting. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can ask God that, but we miss seeking Jesus. And that's kind of abstract. I mean, just spending some time in his presence and seeking him. Uh, a lot of guys and myself included, you know, man, I'm, I'm very A plus B equals C, you know, I want a spreadsheet for this and that, you know, but you can't do that with God. He, he's so, the, he's so much bigger than our thoughts and our spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. And so I, I want to challenge guys to begin to pray about you and your own personal, you know, relationship. And are you really seeking him or just a fix to, you know, surface issues? And then pray that God would use you to engage in conversations with men around you and just see what God will do in all that. Oh, amen. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I pray men will take a, take a, your challenge on that and be able to look within their own lives and then be able to step out and, and do that, uh, share with other men. It's great. Cheers. It was great having you on today. I thoroughly enjoyed our talk. I know we could continue to talk this and, and I hope we can uh, have some more discussions here uh, as the weeks and months progress and I enjoy, enjoy what you're doing, especially when I see the, the, uh, the essentials coming out, the essentials for life as it comes out. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I really yeah, am. awesome, man. Me too. My my pleasure. Uh, guys, if you want to know more about what I'm doing, just tearsgreen.com. It's like Pierce with a T. <laughs> tearsgreen.com. And, uh, you, you know, you're likely, if you hit connect, you're going to connect with me. Yeah, and I tell you, you know, he, saw, he said earlier in the program, he's doing a lot of coaching. If you're interested in talking to him about about uh, uh, coaching you in men's ministry or whatever else it may be involved in uh, men, uh, reaching, reaching into other men's lives. Take him up on it. Call him. I mean, not call him, but uh, I don't. We don't have his phone number. But but give you know, give him an email. Uh, drop him an email at tears screen. Uh, tears at tears at tears yeah, There we go. And uh, and uh, take him up on that. See see if he does what he says he will do for you. <laughs> and I'm sure he will. There's no if doubt. You, if you buy me some barbecue, I'll, oh. I'll tell you a lot. Barbecue is my love language. So if you, you know, if we can meet from barbecue, I'll tell you a lot of stuff. Oh, well, that's a long ways for me to go to Texas and you to come to North Carolina. <laughs> oh, you guys have different barbecue there. It's pig bar. It's pig. East of the Mississippi is pig. Over here in Texas, it's it's all beef, man. Yeah, it's all beef. Yeah. Everybody's barbecue is the best. I know. I've heard the stories. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, it's it's all good. It's just all good. Yes, it but is. But anyway, all right, guys. Well, it's good, Terrence. Once again, it's good to have you on. I appreciate you being on with us today. If you want to know more about uh, Kate Fear Men, who sponsors these intentional conversations, just reach out to us at kfearmen.net and we'll be glad to reach out reach back to you. Or you can contact me directly at mike.sandlin at kfearmen.net and we will be and I will be glad to reach back to you too. Uh, as we close the program, I'd like to encourage you to check out my new book called The Call, A Journey into Men's Ministry. You can find it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. And be sure when you get when you read it to leave us a review of the book. And uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say about that. 
Intentional Conversations with Mike Stanley is a ministry of Cape Fear Men. And uh, please reach out to us if you want to know more about us at kfearmen.net or my email address at mike.sallin at kfearmen.net. But for now, I'm going to leave you with a blessing a mentor used to say over me after each time we, we prayed together. He would say, I pray that God will give you a rock to stand on, a brook to drink from, and a tree to shake. So this is Mike Sandlin saying God bless, and I hope you join me again next time on Intentional Conversations with Mike Sandlin.